Last week, as uh, we met, I encouraged you, I asked of you to spend the week contemplating who God would have you uh, reach out to in the coming year, what God would have you do in the coming year. And even if you weren't here last week, this is something that needs to be at the forefront of our hearts and minds. Who has God placed in our life, in our experience, in our uh day-to-day routine that we can share the love of Christ with? What is it that I have in terms of my spiritual giftedness, in terms of my uh, capabilities uh, that God can use to minister in this world, whether it's in this church or outside these walls? What is it that God exactly wants from me? These are, these are thoughts should, that should always be at the forefront of our thoughts. Who would God have me be? And as I contemplated that this week, and I thought about that this week, and, and I've thought about it in the past, one of the, the realities that came to mind was that in order to do those sorts of things, obviously we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Obviously we need to be in God's Word and knowing God's Word and understanding God's Word, but we also need a lot of courage. Courage to move beyond our fears, our insecurities, those things that tell us that we're not good enough or we're not ready or uh, we may not get the best experience in communicating uh, the gospel or whatever it is that, that may stand in the way. We need courage to move beyond that. And not just courage for the moment, but courage for every day. Now, I wasn't around when all of this transpired. Many of you were, several of you were. But um, I watched a movie not too long ago uh, called 42. And if you're aware of the movie, or if you're not, 42 was the number of a baseball player. His name was Jackie Robinson. And Jackie Robinson was the first African-American player to break into the major leagues. And, And I knew the story, kind of. I knew a lot of what he would have faced and those sorts of things. But seeing it in the movie and watching the movie really kind of brought a lot of it to light. And what it really brought to light was that what the courage that he needed wasn't a one-time, yeah, I'm going to go play baseball. The courage he needed was an everyday commitment to realize that he didn't know where the attack might come from. It It might come from an opposing coach. It might come from the fans. It might come from the merchants. It might come from uh, an opposing teammate or team player. It might come from his own teammate. And he needed the courage. And, and there's a line, there's an exchange in it where he's, he's uh, interacting with the team owner, Branch Rickey. And Branch says, him, says to him, I want a player who, who's got the guts not to fight back. I, I want a player who's going to face this on a day-to-day basis and have the courage to stand where he's at, and not fight back, not respond in a negative way. Winston Churchill put it this way, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak, but courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Courage is something that pervades every part of our life, and it's something we need to develop, something we need to get a good dose of in our life and in our experience. And for that this morning, as we look consider that issue, I want us to turn to Joshua chapter 1. It's the passage I most think of and, and most go to when I'm thinking about the issue of courage, and, 
especially everyday courage. Uh, courage to face everyday realities, the mundane and the grand and significant, the, 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 the hardships and, and also the blessings. The courage to, to, to face all of that in a way and in a light and in a perspective that God would have us view those things and respond accordingly. Beginning in verse 1, we read, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' servant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelite. I have given you every place from where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night, so that you may live, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. From then for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This was a new start for Israel. This was a, a time where they were getting ready to enter into the promised land. This was a, a, a time that they had looked to, forward to for, for decades, uh, and in many ways for centuries looking forward to seeing the fulfillment of God's promise to them. And as we stand here at the beginning of the new year, there are things ahead of us that I believe God is going to do in our midst if we will be courageous, if we will be submissive, if we will respond to who it is that He's called us to be. And when I say submissive, I don't mean submissive to me, I mean submissive to the Word of God. I mean submissive to God's direction, to God's guidance, and to God's leadership. These are the types of people we need to be if we're going to, to make a difference in this community, if we're going to connect with this community. And again, it's not a, a one-time decision as we partake in the Lord's Supper later in the service this morning. It's not going to be a, a decision where you say, okay, I'm doing it, and you walk out of here, and it's done. It's a decision you will have to make every day throughout the remainder of the year. Every day you'll have to get up and say, I'm going to listen to the Lord. I'm going to obey the Lord. I'm going to follow the Lord. And what we see here is that in this Joshua passage is that, that these promises that God has made are actually the tools that we need to be able to have that kind of courage. The promise that he made first is what? I will be with you. We talked about this last week. What a significant promise that is. And he says there in verse 5, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. Here you have a, a new start. Here you have a person with a tough act to follow. Here you have surprising turns in his life. You have, you have theological crises. You have all sorts of issues that Joshua is dealing with. And God says to face each one of those, know that I'm with you. And whatever it is you're going to face this year, we need to know, we need to understand that God is with us. Jesus promised us, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
And so because of that and, and understanding that, we have uh, the tools that we need to begin to build and develop the courage to face whatever it is that we encounter in the coming year. And so God's presence begins the journey. It is, is the instrument that, that transforms us and changes But you see, as God's discussion here with Joshua unfolds, he, he makes some demands of Joshua. And they're, they're the same demands he makes of us if we're going to live courageous life. The first is obedience. Verse 7, Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction. It takes courage to be obedience. It, it takes courage to, to be the person who is uh, standing strong when everybody else is wavering in their faith. It takes courage to run against the tide and to say, though everybody's going that way, I know the Lord would have me go this way. Obedience is, uh, again, it's a daily thing. It's something that we must daily commit to but it is a demand of the Lord that is granted to us by His presence. Besides obedience and accompanying obedience, we have the demand for faith. Verse 8, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed whatever you do. Here you have what you, most, what you have quite often in Scripture is this, this future hope. How, how will you stand? You will stand by obedience, but you need faith to drive that obedience into the future, into seeing or experiencing what you don't see right now. Hebrews 11 says <coughs> that faith has to do with what we cannot see. It's believing in it. It's trusting in it. And we don't see what this year is going to hold. We don't know what we're going to encounter. We don't know what changes are going to happen, what losses, what gains. But we do know that God is already there. And because God is already there, I can walk into that future with a confidence, with a, with a, with a, a perspective that says, I'm going to live with courage. Verse 9, God wraps it up with one more demand of courage. How many times does he say, be strong and courageous here? And he ends there in verse 9 by asking, haven't I said, be strong and courageous? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a teaching methodology. It, it's an expression to, to, to say that, that this is what I have called you to. Courage to do the unexpected and sometimes the illogical. C.S. Lewis said this of courage. He says, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at its testing point. That is, love when it's tested. Obedience when it's tested. Faith when it's tested. Hope. Righteousness. Passion, all of those things, when it's tested, 
that's when courage comes into play. It feeds every other virtue we have. And so it must be something we desire, something we seek. And we desire it and we seek it as we submit to God's presence in our life. God has called us just as he's called Joshua here. God has instructed us just as he's instructed Joshua here. And God is pointing us to a future. Again, a future we don't necessarily know exactly how it's going to play out, but a future that is grounded in him. And a future that calls us to die to ourselves. One of the things that I reflected upon, and, and it really hit me, I, I guess I knew it all along, but it really hit me this week as I was preparing for this message, was God's about to lead Israel into the promised land. It's what they've hoped for, it's what they've longed for, it's what they've desired all this time. But as they enter into the promised land they, and they get ready to take Jericho, the, the very first city that they encounter, God, God makes this demand upon them. He says, you're not to take any of the spoils of the war. Your victory here, the, 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 the gold, the, the, the wealth, whatever it is you encounter there, it's not for you. You're not to take any of that. And as I reflected upon that, it, it, it seems to me that that lines up very closely with the idea in the New Testament of dying to yourself. That what we do, we don't do for ourselves. We don't do for our own enrichment, ultimately. We don't do it for our own well-being, ultimately. What we're called to do as believers, we do for the glory of God. That He gets the honor. That He gets the reward, if you will, that he gets the focus. And if we're going to truly have the, the, the courage to, to face things in the coming year, it has to start with a mindset that says, I'm doing everything I'm going to do for the glory of God. And so as we prepare for the Lord's Supper this morning, we, we do that with a mindset that we're doing exactly what Christ did. The body, the blood, do this in remembrance of me. Why do we just, it's not just a matter of simply remembering what Christ did. It's not simply a, a call or a challenge to, to say, yeah, you know, Christ died for me. That's great. It's a challenge as well to, to make that part, that experience, that reality, part of my life and my existence. In Scripture, over and over again, it says, and God remembered, or sometimes an individual remembered. And it's not talking about drawing to, uh, to recollection. It's not saying, oh yeah, I forgot about that, and suddenly I remember it. It's what? It's saying it's acting on a covenant promise. It's acting on a covenant agreement. That's what that word remember means in Scripture. And so as we get ready to take part in the Lord's Supper this morning, we're doing what? We're acting on a covenant promise, a covenant relationship, a connection. We're saying the blood that was spilled, which is, as Jesus said, the blood of the new covenant, is a covenant that I live within. The body that was broken, 
prepared the way for me to be able to do that. And I need to live a life of brokenness, of sacrifice, just as Christ did. I'm walking in this covenant. And I think as we reflect upon that and then we think about that, then we'll come to a realization that the courage we've been seeking to carry out all these tasks that are before us has already been granted to us by the price that was paid on the cross. When Jesus declared it is finished, he declared victory. And that victory is ours. It's ours to claim. It's ours to walk in. We don't have to worry about the outcome of any of this because the outcome's already been settled. Jesus paid the price. So as we come to our time of reflection this morning, time of response, I want to ask you, what are those things that God's laid before you for the coming year? For a lot of us, it'll be things he laid before us last year and we ignored. Things he told us to do. People he told us to reach out to. And we pushed it off. For some of us, it'll be new experiences and and new individuals. People perhaps we haven't even met yet. That God will bring into our life. That he's going to challenge us to reach out to. Will we have the courage to follow through on his commands. Will we have the, the, the perspective, the mindset to say, it's not about my glory, but God's. It's not about my fame, but his. It's not about my kingdom, but his kingdom. We need to prepare our hearts and minds to, to take the Lord's Supper. And in so doing, prepare our hearts and minds to enter the Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of response, God, I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts, that you would help us to see and to understand your call on our lives. Help us to see people perhaps we've overlooked in the past. Help us to, to see tasks that perhaps we've ignored in the past and to follow through and reaching out to those people and carrying out those tasks. God, I pray that you help us to inspect ourselves and to ask ourselves, are, are, we, are we where we're supposed to be in our lives? Are we being obedient? Are we walking with you? God, I pray that if there's someone here who's never experienced the salvation, the deliverance, the hope that you offer, that you would draw them and they would respond. But today, I especially want to lift up my brothers and sisters, myself, and just ask that you help us to look to the new year with courage. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are through us. Help us to know that you're with us. Help us to submit to your leadership. Help us to be the people that you've already created us to be when we surrender our lives to you.
Lord, please use this time for your purpose. Prepare our hearts and minds. It's in Christ's name I pray.